again, you don't want to kick off with a bluesy feeling. Why not? I needed something to bring me back down to earth, I think. <laughs> that was my devious plan. <laughs> and man, did it work. Um, <laughs> Bandwagon. That's the kind of... That, you, delete, you delete your account after that, don't you? That's just, I, I hate it when that happens. Oh! oh. <laughs> that saying taking the eye <laughs> let's go with it i'll just just roll with it, roll with it. <laughs> calm me down Tom. calm me down <laughs> hello and welcome to the knee jerks uh the fbl show that fills your ears with piping hot stats and gets your knees ready to jerk with me tom and mr robbie scott so how are you doing robbie very well thank you i'm majestic today <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a word that perfectly summed up my weekend and majestic is that word too much pressure when you ask me how i am each week the rest of it's easy well, but, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? You're at the top now. I mean, that this is it. Stop the count. This, <laughs> this is season over for me. Is that how it works? It stops when I want it to stop, right? I think um, there's no better feeling than a really good, successful wildcard and one that, as we're going to talk about, I think has perfectly set you up for the next few weeks as well. Because it's easy sometimes to do a wildcard where you, it's like a free hit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know you just get away with having all of these players who happen to have good fixtures that one week whereas i have been preparing for this podcast with an envious glance <laughs> at some of the players you've got so um my knee is kind of jerking yeah, <laughs> over yeah. the wild card button as well maybe i see i completely disagree with you i think uh, i was a bit too short-sighted with it so i'm really interested to see where you think the next few weeks lie for me because i'm almost panicking so calm me down tom calm me down <laughs> Well, the one source of panic is the I think is shared by everyone, which is the knee joke of the week, which is Antonio. Yeah. Because before we get into anything else, I think we've got to talk about how everyone's knee joking him out. So I saw today that you know this is Monday, almost uh, a million people have transferred out, the highest score in the game already this week. Obviously, after he got sent off. So, what do you think? Do you think that's a shrewd move, getting rid of him, or is is this a classic knee jerk? You know, he's already doing so well. It's only one game. Is it a knee jerk? Good question. Cracking choice this week, by the way. I think it's difficult to not put bias to one side. I think he's still got he. If he can maintain the form that he was doing the first three weeks, he can perform against anyone. And the Man United game, which is up next, he only misses one game. Yeah, uh, was always going to be a bit of a sort of a loss anyway you just keep him for the week I'd say stick it out but I think we were saying the West Ham fixtures change as well don't they do turn yeah I think they've got two good ones after the United game so he misses the United game and then he has Leeds which have obviously defending really poorly at the moment and Brentford so you wouldn't really you'd want him for those games yeah I'd say so yeah so you're Aaron on the side of I think so even if you did get rid of him for one week it's difficult to get him back in because he's he's yeah. uh, gone up in price I'd say yeah I'd say that's a bit of a knee jerk in my opinion what about yourself well I agree I guess the only reason why it might be a shrewd move is if you were transferring in one of Ronaldo or Lukaku okay um, and I think a lot of people are making that switch mm. now, obviously I don't know where they're finding the extra money for from but clearly a lot of people are selling Antonio and a lot of people are bringing in Ronaldo and Lukaku. It's hard to argue against that. I mean... Yeah, they, they've got Europe starting soon. And we've always said on this pod, fitness issues will certainly cloud over him. Uh, yeah. You know, his hamstrings are only so long, I think. It's it's a matter of time before Yeah, before maybe it could injured, even be it? a blessing that um, he's suspended for the United game from a fantasy perspective mm. because then he is more nailed for the more juicy fixtures against Leeds and Brentford perhaps from a non-fantasy perspective it's kind of frustrating that the best most informed striker <laughs> in the league is going to miss uh, the game against United but um, so yeah I think we're both agreed on knee jerk there then uh, so our advice collectively would be unless you are going to bring in one of Ronaldo or Lukaku it's probably worth holding on what to about your, what about your mid mid forwards that we've spoken so much about. Yeah, exactly. So I've been championing them every week, but you know we've seen Dominic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin injured. It might be a couple of weeks that he's out. Uh, Wilson's injured. I've heard rumours of him being out for possibly up to a month. Wow. We haven't had that confirmed yet. Bamford apparently said after the Liverpool game that he could hear his hamstring ping. Oh, I think that was the word. Nice. Ings is obviously... You know, playing for a Villa side that have got terrible fixtures. 
Jimenez is just really off form, but we'll come back to talk about him later because you know things could change for him. He's got good fixtures, but he's just not putting any of his chances away at the moment. Mm. So you know the, the options to have a straight swap with Antonio just look pretty thin on the ground, and the fact that Ronaldo and Lukaku are emerging at least this week, they've really demonstrated the quality. I think it's looking like that might be a new template because there's not that many alternatives to it. I guess we'll return to that idea of a new template forming later on, but on the point of the mid-priced forwards, it's just another reason to probably hang on to Antonio, really. There's no great option to switch to, I don't think. Mm. So, by the rest of what we've got coming up this week is we've got a review of last week, so we're going to turn over to you very shortly for the eye test, which was very successful last week, got to say. Thank you. All three of your uh, calls came through really well. Something's happened. Um, I'm suddenly an FPL genius, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'm making the most of it while I can because I know it's I know it's just like Antonio's ham, uh, Antonio's hamstrings. Yeah. Very shortly. Yeah, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, exactly. Then I'll go into my stats test as usual. Shopping list, I think, is going to be more open this week because that's where I want to return to this idea of is a new template forming. There was a very strong template that we talked about in the first part because everyone had Bruno and Salah. And, you know, there are quite a few other popular picks around that as well. And it now feels like that might be shifting. And it'd be interesting to hear what you think about that, because I think we have different approaches there. There's a really interesting discussion about captains this week. I think there's one standout choice, but I think there's some interesting alternatives. Um, Obviously, review the Knee Jerks League, as usual. Can't wait for that section. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you might be looking forward to that this week. Obviously, encourage people to join. Still, uh, the code is VVYX2S. VVYX2S. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> and then we'll finish with the quiz. And you got four out of five last week. I did. And I've noticed you made it a bit harder for me this week, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I've gone from the uh, from the ridiculous to the sublime. And now we'll, we'll see how I get on this week. As well. <laughs> I think there's going to be some interesting discussion points to come out of the quiz as well this week. So it's worth sticking around for that. So over to you then for the eye test. Who's been um, who's been liking the look of this week? Thanks, Tom. So my eye test is pretty Merseyside heavy, to be honest with you. Starting off with the most recent, which is Damari Gray. I think we mention him every week. You mentioned him in the first pod. I think yeah. you mentioned him uh, last week as well. Just he's shooting up in price as well. Keeps scoring goals, and I think points wise, I try and steer clear of the players who are racking up points, but it's it's quite hard to this week. He was. The most advanced player with Calvert-Lewin out. It was, as soon as Everton scored, looked super dangerous. I think he was always the man to hit on the break. He's super quick. Can we have like some kind of like noise for when we mention established bandwagon? Or someone that's just become a bandwagon. Like, bandwagon. <laughs> because that's what I think DeMar Gray is now. I think he's one of the... Uh, Antonio was obviously the first bandwagon one of the wheels has fallen off that this week mm-hmm. and I think the new competitor that's taken over him in some kind of wacky races style <laughs> <laughs> uh, scene of, of bandwagons is Demar Gray I mean you met you again you mentioned it in the first pod he looks cheap if he's a starter and now he's solidified his place in the team everyone's jumping on it and rightfully so because yeah he can he is He's, he filled the hole yesterday with Calvert-Lewin out, but even with him in, he's performed. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, I and mean, we were unsure about Everton at the beginning of the season, weren't we? But you know, Benitez is, is a good manager, isn't he? And he's just proven it once again. Yeah, and uh, that makes me quite happy. As long as he doesn't prove it against Liverpool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you know. I think he's going to change minds quickly. Yeah. So who else is on your list? Uh, we've got Trent. Uh, oh, again, yeah. he just he was creating chance after chance from what I saw. Bias aside, he racked up a lot of points. Again, he is absolutely a make-weight to bring in the more premium strikers, especially at the moment. Uh, people not realising his significance. And then you watch the game that we saw against Leeds, who were very attacking, but it didn't matter to his position. Teams in the past have completely negated, like completely nullified him. And uh, it's like they haven't learned, or he has now found a way past that. Mm-hmm. And he's still performing week after week. Yeah, there were some question marks, weren't there, at the end of last season? Because he had that spell where he wasn't doing too well last year. And I think that was enough to trigger this conversation as we started this season 
about whether we can afford to go out with it, go without him. Like mm. maybe, you know, at 7.5, we can look at people like Shaw, who now play in a defense that's been betrayed by the arrival of Varane. And, uh, and even last week, you know, we were saying Shaw is a pound shop Trent because he's got Ronaldo to aim at now. Um, and there were other alternatives as well, like Reese James and, you know, playing for a arguably better defense. And, and so there was this discussion about whether we could go without Trent at the beginning of the season. And that's just ended now. Yeah. I, I just think that he, is just pound for pound the best FPL asset. I mean, 7.5 for someone who regularly gets double-figure returns. Yeah, and what else are you looking at there? You know, your mid-mids, which we do like, but most of them aren't nailed. And he has the same, at least assist returns, on top of that clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. For uh, what seems to be a fairly solid Liverpool side again, defensively. And he'll still have the occasional direct free kick. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't think you can you can afford to get rid of him at the moment. No, he is one of the players that I feel there is a new template emerging around. Okay. So I think there's kind of four premiums, you know, Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah and Trent. And it's hard to look beyond any of them. <laughs> like they all just look like they're going to continue delivering. Yeah. And there are a few cheap like players that are making that a viable strategy. I think another one is on your list. It is, yeah. But before we move on from Liverpool, sorry, I was just going to do a little shout-out to Thiago, who I know he popped up with an assist, but with Harvey now, uh, Harvey Elliott looking like he'll be out for a while and Henderson sort of probably filling that role or game week one shout-out, Naby Keita, uh, <laughs> I think Thiago will be the guy that everyone's looking for to push forward more. He's 5.5, I think, and... Well worth keeping an eye on, I would say, because he was creating chance after chance. So the other one, sorry, just before I got distracted, was Gallagher. Again, I'm just, I'm basically recycling you from last week, I think, here, in my eye test. <laughs> but, but you were just so right. He's on all, all set pieces, just like yeah. you said. Again, in a very advanced position and looked really dangerous against the... Uh, he was quite unlucky against Spurs, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think last week we said it was too early to jump on him because he had tough fixtures, including Spurs. And then he just got two assists against Spurs. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if like he popped up with something against Liverpool. I mean, I still you, you, just, you wouldn't feel comfortable bringing him in against Liverpool. But, you know, it's it's one of those games where you know they, they could get comfortably beaten and still get an attacking return. Absolutely. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. For, for 5.5 and... Again, for a midfielder, it's. I always think midfielders are a bit low risk because you're not relying on clean sheets. And if yeah. they're that attacking, yeah, you could do so much worse for five point five. He looks like a, a real, like, quality player as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't think he's just a great fantasy asset in the sense that you know he just seems to be the one that's hoovering up all the points in that team. I think there are probably going to be a lot of other options at Palace, like Zaha and Edward when he properly settles in, but. As an actual just box-to-box midfielder, he just looks brilliant. He's just reveling in that position, isn't he? It's crazy how how much I've kind of changed my mind on Palace <laughs> because, <laughs> because they, I really didn't expect this. And they've been battling against uh, a lot of disruption, really hard fixtures, and they've been showing a lot of potential. Shall we move on to my under-the-radar picks? Please, please. Sorry, Tom. So my first one is Rafinha and... I was really surprised that he is actually under the radar because I was looking at the transfers in. He's nowhere near like the top 10 for transfers in this week. You know, I think Leeds as a team haven't been doing very well, obviously, and I think that's been putting a lot of people off. But of all the you know, players that are classified as midfielders, it's only really the players that are in like title-chasing teams. So we're thinking Salah, Mane, Bruno, Greenwood and Torres that have had more shots at goal. So even though Leeds have been struggling and they have had tricky fixtures, you know, out of the four fixtures they've had, they've had Liverpool and United. And yet, you know, Rafinha's still been popping off loads of shots. And, you know, we think we've talked about him before as being a player that looks like, you know, he's not going to be at Leeds that long. Like, he looks like he's definitely one of those players that could make a step up. And, you know, they have had those tricky fixtures, but now they're about to go on a run uh, that starts with Newcastle, uh, whipping boys pretty much. I was going to say, yeah, they're... Really poor start to the season. I mean, who saw that coming? But yeah. surely we'll run run right there. I know. Well, when you look at the tables for like chances conceded, uh, expected goals conceded, that kind of stuff, 
it's Leeds and Newcastle who are like vying for top spot. Right. And so you'd think that would be a goal fest, really, yeah, because yeah. they're also like both putting up some decent attacking numbers, which brings me on to my second under the radar pick, which is St. Maximan. We know how bad Newcastle are at the back. We've kind of just touched on that already. Um, but as we've also just mentioned, they're not that bad going forward. You know, they've scored three in the four games so far. So they've got like five goals in four games, which is pretty decent. And in St. Maximan, I mean, we've definitely mentioned how good he is to watch. And I think, you know, if you are playing fantasy football because it's fun, you, it's kind of good to have players in your team that yeah, are really yeah. fun to watch. Like I remember in the first uh, week of this season, I paid, you know, like a tenner to watch Super Sunday because it had the City Spurs game on at four. Ooh. But before that, it had um, Newcastle West Ham, yeah. which was just such a good game. It was great, yeah. And like I had Ben Rama, so watching Ben Rama just like pull all these strings and like get a goal and assist, I was so happy that it just kind of like numbed me for the for the City yeah. Spurs game. After I was just like, well, I've already had a lot of football fun, and I think that's what you could get with Sam Maximan. You know, he's like one of those players that's so good to watch that. You could enjoy watching a Newcastle game if you bring him into your side. I would also say, at the start of the season, he seemed to be quite out of position. You know, like in almost a Salah role he plays, but they've listed him as a forward, which almost kills off players, I would say, or at least uh, the sort of appeal of them. But he does seem to be playing in a, a, a two, as it were, with Wilson. I know Wilson's injured now, but he's definitely always there or thereabouts, isn't he? Yeah, because right I, yeah, I think everything goes through him. Um, mm. He just makes everything happen. So I think it is a little bit unfair that he's been classified as a striker. He's, he's certainly not the out-and-out goal scorer of that team. Mm. I, I don't think he's going to offer that much goal scoring going forward either. You know, I think, as you said, that's usually Wilson. But with Wilson being injured, they're putting Joelinton in there, who is not a famous finisher. <laughs> <laughs> but but nonetheless, like. St. Maximan's creativity is where you're going to get points and he's the second highest forward in the game for chances created so he's created wow. nine chances that's amazing um, and who's, who's, who's top? I think Jimenez okay yeah but Jimenez is really like killing it on the stats and I guess we'll return to him at some point because I think he's a good option for the upcoming fixtures but but yeah St. Maximan is just really creative at the moment and you know we've just mentioned that they're facing Leeds on Friday I really wouldn't be surprised to see him pick up something there. I mean, he's been ticking along nicely with like uh, two assists and a goal in his four games so far. And then they've got Watford the game after that as well. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're one of those people like me who's got Tony in your team and you haven't really got money to upgrade to anyone particularly exciting, yeah, uh, I think you can do worse than getting St. Maximin in as, as, as your kind of exit strategy there. Any other picks this week, Tom? Yeah, so my third player, the one I'm probably least excited about of the three, uh, because I'm seriously considering Rafinha and San Maximan as transfers this week, whereas right. I'm not going to be looking to get this player in. So it's Semedo from Wolves. I'm not looking to get him in myself, but I do think he's a really good pick if you are looking for a defender around that, time, around that price. So Marcel is the one who's picking up all the new owners. He's one of the highest transfers in this week after he got a 13-point haul matching yeah. Lukaku and Ronaldo. Wow. So he got a clean sheet and two assists. But I don't know if you saw the highlights of the game. He was quite lucky. You know, the first assist that he got, n- neither of them registered as, as, like, real assists, I don't think. It's just, in fantasy football, this happens, right? I see. So the first one was actually quite comical. Like, he just whipped a, a decent cross in when it was played back to him from a corner. And then one of the defenders for uh, Watford just <laughs> inexplicably headed it into his own net. It was just really, like, bizarre. I mean, I guess he knew there was, you know, attackers behind him. Yeah. But it just there was no way that ball was going anywhere other than in the net, like, the way that he headed it. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, he's, he's going to be getting assists uh, like that every week. And I checked his history, and he's never scored a goal in professional football before. Wow. So... I don't think you can rely on Marcel for too many attacking returns going forward. Whereas Semedo, who's going under the radar a little bit, you know, again, if you watch the highlights, he was much more attacking. He had probably what was the best chance of the game when he was played through one-on-one by Jimenez, uh, who's now a creative extraordinaire, as we've mentioned. Um, and 
yeah, Semedo, you know, has a great history of attacking for Barca and Benfica, which is a pretty good CV. So, I think four point nine in a defense that looks like you know it's pretty solid. It's going to deliver clean sheets as well. Um, I think it could be a really good pick if you're looking for a defender around that price. Wolves fixtures get very kind, don't they? Yeah, they've started on a great run, haven't they? And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at your wildcard team with Envy, because you've got Cody in there. I have, yeah. And he's just going to be such a solid pick for the next, like, six weeks or so. You know, he's probably not going to offer much in terms of attacking threat, but he's really cheap and he's got a real chance of getting, like, a high number of clean sheets in those few games. What more do you want? Exactly. Well... I've said the Rafinha and Sam Maximan are on my shopping list this week. So the shopping list section, I wanted to put forward this discussion around whether there's a new template. Because I think the success of your wildcard won't have gone unnoticed. Like <laughs> I think people will be looking at the double up with Ronaldo and Lukaku after they both put in brilliant performances this weekend. I don't think anyone will want to lose Salah after he's continued to deliver and he's also got uh, good fixtures coming up and probably is the favourite for the captaincy this week. And then, as we've mentioned, there are these like budget options like Gray and Gallagher and a lot of 4.5 defenders, people like Cody, for example, that make this premium pack-in strategy look quite viable. So, yeah, is that the new template? Is it all aboard the three premiums train and throw Trent in there to make it four premiums, perhaps? <laughs> So I guess the glory of this new template forming that you're talking about is that I seem to have got onto it a week early. Putting the trigger on an early wildcard is always slightly dangerous, but for the first time ever, it's actually paid off for me. I think, although to be fair, I think it's the first time I've ever tried it, which is quite exciting. It does tie you up though, doesn't it? I mean, I was looking the other other day and panicking about the next set of fixtures, although you seem to think I'm looking all right. And just thinking, even if I wanted to change anyone in my team, it's only it's only sideways, unless I'm downgrading Lukaku or Ronaldo. Yeah, I think there's two issues with the new template, perhaps. One is if you make it happen by filling your team full of really cheap sort of deadwood um, and leaving yourself with no bench, which in that scenario you're going to get really screwed every time there's an injury or a suspension. I don't think you've done that because I think, for example, Sissoko for Watford is a viable playing option. Um, and, you know, you already played four defenders who, you know, all, all delivered. And I think, you know, Liveramento was on your bench and he delivered too. So, you know, I think I think you've got a decent balance in there. But I think, you know, if, if a lot of people are trying to squeeze all these premiums in and, and it's leaving them with absolute dross then that will put them in a a bind at some point. Um, The other thing is the mid-mids, right? So uh, are they going to continue to kind of just tick along, not really forcing anyone's hand? Or are a few of them going to become serious bandwagons? And, you know, in your team, for example, you've got one spot, which is currently occupied by Torres. <laughs> and that's it. Um, who, yeah, who could be like, you know, someone you switch to whoever becomes a bandwagon around that price. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about how there were so many options in that price bracket. And uh, some of them, you know, could go on barnstorming runs at various points in the season where it looks like you really need to get them. And we've had this one week where all the premiums have really delivered and all the cheapies have really delivered and, yes. and people like Jota and Torres didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, Grealish obviously didn't do anything either. There's quite a few others that are owned quite highly and, and, and didn't do anything. And that might not carry on. No, and I guess so we'll right. have to just see. Yeah, you're so right. I think the, there's still potential for the mid-mids to perform, isn't there? Whereas we've had one week, do we just knee-jerk into as many premiums as possible? Or do we sit and wait? Because I've I've got nowhere to go from now. Yeah, I mean, I think you're sitting pretty at the moment because I think I think there might be a, a a cause for expanding your team to have like a range of, of of mid mids like in a few weeks. But at the moment, like we said about the forwards, there a lot of them are suffering from injuries or or bad fixtures, and we haven't really talked about some of those mid mid options. 
uh, like say Torres and Jota mm-hmm. and everyone this week because you know they just didn't perform last week and at the moment some of them are going into tricky fixture runs as well like so City for example who are you know a, a basket that offers a plethora of, <laughs> of different mid mids you know they're, they're they've got Southampton this weekend which is great but then they go on a run where they've got uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, and PSG away, all away from home mm-hmm. in a week. So you're really going to start to see rotation hit there. It might even start in the Southampton game um, in preparation for this like crazy schedule. So yeah, I think now isn't really the best time no. for the mid mids, and 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 so that's why I think you you're definitely in prime position. At risk of sounding like a really bad pundit. It, it works until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, we've had one week of this this template and it worked. It worked perfectly. Like you say, even the bench had points on it. Could have even played bench boost for, for a laugh. But the reason I bought all of the premium players in was because I thought I, I like safe points. I like to know these players will get me X amount of points um, and almost guarantee it. And you can say that with Salah. You can probably say that now with Ronaldo and Lukaku. As soon as they stop, or if there's one week of them out, they'll be, they'll be panicking. <laughs> yeah, one, one last point on the mid mids actually that I've just thought of is that we don't really have that kind of player who is the absolute superstar for a mid-table side. So last year, one example for that would be Grealish, who just when he was playing for Villa, everything went through him. Yeah, um, and so he was offering like serious points. Um, for a kind of mid-range price um, in midfield. And then you often have like underpriced players at the big teams who nail on a, a first-team sp- uh, spot, whoever that might be. And and none of them really seem to be emerging. So, yeah, hopefully some of them do. But if they don't, then, yeah, I think that will be the template everyone turns to. I mean, we say I've only got one mid-mid, mid-price mid, but have I got two in Trent? Does, are we now yeah. counting because he's 7.5 which is definitely it's the same price point isn't it but yeah. it's only goes to show why he's even more essential he's got more points than them hasn't he yeah I mean he might not be priced as a premium but he just in my head he's a premium yeah. so I was yeah, just yeah. thinking oh yeah he's one of the four premiums in your, yeah. in your team because he's just he, he, he's one of those players that you, yeah, he's in that same essential bracket as the other three that you've got that I think are also um, I mean so the other point on this shopping list to talk about is that a few teams are going into a, a good run of fixtures and all of them have got good options, some of which we've mentioned already, um, but none of them as teams have really hit the ground running. So talking about Leeds, Wolves and Leicester, all three have great run of fixtures coming up now. Are any of the players from those sides taking your fancy? Like uh, We've probably mentioned a couple already, but... Leicester in particular have been a real disappointment so far. Really bad, yeah. yeah. I think it's... I wouldn't have expected them all to have the the start they have had. And they just all still seem unsettled, I would say. Can you guarantee a, a first eleven from them if they're performing so poorly? Mm. Uh, but again, when we talk about fixtures, this is where you start to go, right, I realise you've had a poor start. Have at it. Yeah, and if they don't perform, then that's when they start to get kicked out. So they're probably safe for now. Yeah, um, it's weird with Leicester because they just they seem to stumble onto a really good system of having Inacho and Vardy up front together, um, and Inacho became like one of the best players in the league yeah. towards the end of last season, and now he's just on the fringes. Yeah, can't just, get looking. It's just changed it. It's, it seems a bit mad, but got be good reasons. Yeah, I wouldn't be thinking of any of them. I think. Wolves have got a few good bargain players that we've already mentioned in defence and Jimenez the you know, the dam might break for him at some point. I think the midfielders though, like there was a lot of hype around Traore mm-hmm. because he's posting good numbers, uh, statistically, but not really, you know, on the score sheet. And he didn't really do that much in their two 0 win last weekend and Trincao didn't play that well, so he got took off quite early, which makes me think that you know he might suffer from rotation. So, yeah, I think I'm a bit downbeat on their midfielders, and then Leeds are just all about Bamford and Rafinha, aren't they? Really? Yeah, 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 absolutely. They're safer than the other two in terms of they won't rotate. I wouldn't have thought 
Yeah, I think Bielsa even has this tendency to actually just tell you who he's going to play. <laughs> I'm sure he's done that in the past. No, it's true, it's true. Yeah. The ultimate power move, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he just he doesn't care. He doesn't care that everyone knows exactly how how they're going to play, yeah. who, who, they're, who they're going to play. Um, he just says, yeah, this is who we are and we're just going to do it and see if we can beat you. We mentioned it last week and if I can see it, anyone can see it. They just have a system and stick to it. Yeah. And it produces goals, but it just hasn't worked yet this season. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, came up in some of the match reports I was reading from this week was how doggedly they stick to man marking from set pieces. Yeah. And how it's just like leading to so many goals that they're conceding and chances that they're conceding. What's the correct answer there now? Side note. Is it zonal? I, th- I mean, that's what these people were writing up. They were, they were saying that... Um, How the tables have turned on zonal <laughs> marking. When was it Rafa sort of brought it to the Prem? And yeah. it was like laughed at. Couldn't think of a Monday night football or a, a sucker Saturday where they didn't bring up how dreadful zonal marking was. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, I mean, the, 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 the thing that I was reading was that Leeds don't have the most physical side, I like in terms of great know, point, height yeah. and everything. So it's not something that works for them. So maybe it wasn't just a... You know, zonal marking is the best. Why aren't they doing it? It was more like, why are they doing it with this squad? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for their system. Fair. But yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't be looking at any Leeds defenders. That's for sure. But I am seriously considering um, Rafinha and possibly Bamford if he's if he's fit. But I won't be considering any of them for captain. Speaking of which, it was Saturday at approximately. 12 o'clock when FPL opened its doors again for me to start tinkering with my team and I put the armband immediately on Salah and now after this weekend after um, you know it's what is it home to Palace yeah he's got it seems it seems like a no-brainer but after they turned over Spurs and at the start of the season I was ready maybe even pull the trigger on a triple captain but now I'm just it's funny, isn't it, how one game can completely change your mind? Or is it just that? No, I think, like, uh, um, they might pop up later in... I shouldn't say too much, Ooh. but they might pop up in uh, some of the chat that comes out of the quiz because um, they're not defending too poorly. Okay. Like, they they really have been, you know, posting good numbers in terms of, like, shots conceded and, and all of that. And they did do really well against Spurs but it should be said that Spurs were really depleted so they weren't just one man down because of Tanganga's like red flag to a bull moment by the end of it they were playing Ben Davies at centre back which was (laughs) just encapsulated by this ridiculous handball that he just (laughs) did to give away a penalty they were just a shambles Spurs uh, in that game but you know Palace of previous years would have seen Spurs in disarray and gone, we can get a point here. <laughs> Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Palace were like obviously really like um, full of the confidence that you know they've been exhibiting all season and went for the jugular. So yeah, they're not the whipping boys that we thought they were going to be. But is it enough to put you off Salah? What it's making me think is it's showing me that they're not quite the team that are going to get battered. Right. So I, I, they they could lose. Two or three nil to Liverpool, I think. Whereas, like, I was looking at Newcastle last week and thinking it could be six or seven, really, the way Newcastle are defending. And when Leeds, you know, play a, a top side at the moment, I'm also thinking it could be six or seven, the way that yeah. they just leave themselves so open. Whereas, I, I think, you know, the spirit that Palace have got, the, the the working together as a unit, I don't think the heads will drop if they go one nil down, for example. And I, and I, th- I think it'll probably be a comfortable win for. Liverpool, um, but I'm not as confident in like a Salah hat trick, for example. Like, like you said before, like at the beginning of the season, we might have considered triple captain for this. I don't th- feel like that anymore, but I still think Salah's safe. I mean, you've got loads of options. So this, the the person who's probably second on the list in terms of favourites for captaincy this week is Ronaldo. Are you considering him? I I wasn't coming off of the back of the fact that West Ham are playing quite late, and now they don't have Antonio, who I think it's a it's a big loss. He's just an outlet, isn't he? I yeah. You said before, like he, you can just guarantee him to take pressure off of the defense. That's a good point. Yeah. And yeah, West West Ham they look good attacking, but they conceded 
twice to Newcastle, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what? Why not? Yeah, he scored again <laughs> against Young Boys. Has he really? <laughs> so yeah, he's delivered in every game he's played for United mm. so far. Small sample size, but still. We were saying the same we got about Antonio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Balthic. true. Actually, yeah. Um, there was one thing I was going to say, which Go is on. that it's a bit harder to judge him up objectively, just because of the sheer degree of fanfare and hype. And yeah. I think it reminded me of why I really enjoyed fantasy football when I first got into it, because uh, actual football for me was getting a bit toxic at that time, because City and United were vying for the title. Mm. And I worked in a bar in Manchester and that was really split down the middle between Reds and Blues. And it was getting really bitter working with each other day in, day out and winding each other up. Whereas fantasy football, you could just talk about football in exactly the same level of enthusiasm, but with all of the kind of toxicity of the rivalry taken yeah. out and just to kind of assess players for uh, whether, whether and, and teams for how good they kind of actually are rather than like how much of a fanboy <laughs> you are. And Ronaldo is reminding me of the, the kind of fanboy level of, of, of bias. And, it's, and it's, it's kind of hard to, to look at that Newcastle game and think, yeah, he looked decent, but is he really going to be like, you know, someone who you can captain regardless of fixture. Because yeah. United would have won that game 4-1 anyway. They won. They played Newcastle twice last year and won 4-1 both times. Ronaldo wasn't there. They played <laughs> Newcastle this this year and they won 4-1 again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, West Ham, like you say, probably a good time to play them and, and, and I wouldn't back against Ronaldo scoring. But I do wonder moving forward whether he's going to be like, you know, at Salah level where you know for the last few seasons you stick it on Salah away at Chelsea or City and you're still expecting a return yeah maybe my own bias is coming out I was going to say this is two weeks in a row you've been anti-Ronaldo I'd say (laughs) and I think you're using your own arguments against him he he was still he still got the points didn't he that's all that matters in FPL doesn't doesn't matter if he's hogging all the free kicks and taking them poorly if he's tapping one in from from five yards out yeah yeah, well, the person who I went for instead and got away with it, we both did. I think. Yeah, 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 we both captained him. Yeah, we were both quite nervous after seeing the Ronaldo game. You because yeah. you didn't have Ronaldo, and me because I stupidly didn't captain him. <laughs> um, but no, you're right, Lukaku, who has a favourable fixture against Spurs. Is that what we're going to say? I would definitely say so. Now, I, I didn't see it that way when I was considering who to bring in between him and Ronaldo. I was thinking. You know this game, you know against Villa. I think Ronaldo's pro, uh, Lukaku is probably just as good a captain shout because Villa were kind of you know a bit poor in the weeks leading up to it. They were without Martinez and etc. But I really felt like I got away with it because Villa battered <laughs> Villa battered Chelsea but lost three 0 Yeah, um, I don't know how it happened, but <laughs> like Chelsea had um, three half decent chances basically. Yeah. Lukaku had just just scored with two half-decent chances. Yeah. But it just really showed his quality because, you know, the way he scored was just with such confidence and, emphatic. like, technique. Yeah. yeah, emphatic. I think Mendy is to thank. Yeah. So much. I mean, if, yeah. if uh, Kepa was still in goal, Kepa the keeper was still in goal, I think the scoreline would have been very different, wouldn't it? They're just, they're a very dangerous side. Like you say, even one all against Liverpool at Anfield with 10 men is huge. They're, they're just a different beast. Yeah, that's that's the sign. I mean, this is a real cliche, but the sign of champions as well is that mm. like they can obviously win when the game's not really going for them. But more than that, like you, if you've got players who can snaffle up those half chances, you know you're going to win tight games, and which will decide titles. Mm. Um, you know, like I said with Ronaldo, you know, and United, how they won against Newcastle and would expect to anyway. This is the kind of game that Chelsea might have dropped points in. You know, if they, they got they got if that was Werner up front, mm. he wouldn't have taken those chances. Um, you know, they were difficult chances, and he spurned loads of chances last season. Uh, whereas now they've got this player who you know can can really bang them in with just just a sniff of goal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so thinking about this week, um, Spurs might have Romero back and some of the others. Um, but they've definitely not got Tanganga, for example, because he got sent off. Mm-hmm. It looks like Dyer's injured, and Sanchez 
as well as Romero, are going to be coming back having not played for a while because they're in quarantine. I don't even think they can get back into training until later on wow. in the week. So they are going to be pretty depleted. And, you know, the spirit of the side's not going to be very good after being battered by Palace. No, it's true. So, yeah, I'm expecting returns from Lukaku. I don't think he's as good as Salah in terms of, like, a guarantee of, of what you might get. But... I certainly think that I would feel comfortable captain him. I, I really think he's going to get a goal, at least. Start of the season, I think. Salah versus Palace and Lukaku versus Spurs. Does anyone answer? Yeah. But I think I'm leaning the other way from you. There was everything in Chelsea's favour versus Villa. And I think, you know, fate is deciding that Lukaku's going to get me 13 points again this week. So I've, I think I might have to take the plunge. Is there anyone else, though, that you were thinking of? Yeah, we really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the other one is Torres. So... City, last three home games, been 5-0. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, I haven't seen anything from Southampton to make me think that they're particularly much better than um, Everton or Arsenal or Norwich. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably have been a bit better than Norwich, but, you know, Everton and Arsenal are decent-ish teams that you would probably put alongside Southampton, and they were the other two that got beat 5-0. So, yeah, I think, you know, City... If they do continue with that same forward line where Torres is is the main, you know, number nine, which he's started in every league game so far. Yeah. A city striker at home against Southampton, I mean, previous seasons we would have said, Great, that's that's captaincy sorted. Yeah. Totally. Uh, you've got him? I've got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you you are proving your point. I do have a bit of a headache this week, yeah. It's incredible, isn't it, what price does to the psychology. Seven po- Why would I want to put an armband on a 7.5 midfielder when I've got 12.5s everywhere in every other position? But yeah, you, you make you make very valid points. I think the thing about Torres is it's probably enough just to own him. Like I don't think you need to captain him to still feel like you're reaping the benefits from him. Uh, you know, his ownership's still relatively low, okay. and you know there's always that chance that he's not going to play, whereas mm-hmm. you can't say that about the other three. And like I said, City have got that tricky fixture run coming up, so who knows if like Pep might want to give Sterling a run out in the number nine position just to see if he can get up to speed ahead of like these yeah. the, these uh, difficult fixtures. So what do you think about the differentials? Do you think any of the differentials might be... I don't really have any, apart from just praising Trent a bit more. There's oh, nothing yeah. else I really have to add, I think. Potential clean sheet against Palace and then whatever else he can come up with. He has a tendency to, to haul as well. I think he scored last season at home um, and got in on a couple of assists in the 7-0 away fixture. Oh, yeah, 7-1. yeah. Wow. Last season. It's it's worth a shout. What about yourself? Well, one thing that I would say in Trent's favour is that someone I might have, like, a... I'm, I'm really not going to captain him, but if I was pressed to think of a differential, you know, I've looked at the City players and I do think it's a good fixture for them and it looks to me statistically like Grealish is actually a really good option like we've kind of talked about how he's not delivered that much so far Mm -hmm. but he's created the most chances and he's got the highest expected goals involvement so if you put together a xg and 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 like the expected assist as well um then Grealish is coming out as the most threatening Man City asset so far um and yet for all of the chances that he's creating, he's not creating as much as Trent. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I kind of think that y- you you would look at Grealish as someone who plays in the front three and think, oh, yeah, well, I'll definitely captain him. Whereas you might not think the same about Trent, and yet he probably is just as attacking, which is crazy. Absolutely, yeah. Everything we said about him before, really, isn't it? Yeah. Any others taking the eye? Is that saying? Taking the eye? <laughs> Let's go with it. I'll just, just roll with it. Roll with it. So I'm considering giving my eye to to um to I mean Mane. I mean if if if, if I had Mane, I mean no one's gonna have him. He's just been priced out of the game because he's the same price as, as Salah and Salah's got pens. Which is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, he really should have like gone wild against Leeds. I mean he had an insane amount of chances there and you know, if he, if he's Getting into those positions again against Palace, he could be the highest points what? scorer this this week. He had ten. Definitely. He scored on his tenth attempt, and Leeds had <laughs> Leeds mad. had nine. That's it was he he was just desperate to score. I think 
and I mean he it's one of those ones where if he hadn't had the chances he had he probably would have started passing but he could have easily squared it to players for tappings but no he just had it own eyes for goal yeah but hey if, if he continues that form it's not a bad chat at all and the fact that he got that goal might um, do his confidence well good so yeah I think the only other one I was going to mention was Jimenez who's got Brentford um, this is the complete maverick pick like scraping the bottom of the barrel um, <laughs> but he's still topping all the charts for shots and wow. chances created like he's just killing it on the stats so surely the dam will burst at some point yeah um, and I do think he's you know if, if you've got the money and you've got Tony like me this could be another escape route that could be actually quite exciting with Wolves' fixtures that they've got coming up um so there was no shout out this week for someone with a Maverick captain pick because it was a week where all the big guns delivered and the Mavericks didn't. Um, but the reason I wanted to highlight this was just because we we've maybe got carried away with with, or at least I might have got carried away with thinking, right, oh my god, these these expensive forwards have all delivered now, so that means there's a new template. But we only have to go back one week, like the week before, yeah. when the highest point scorer was one of those mid mids, which was Torres. So. Yeah, I think it just it's worth pointing out that if you did do a Maverick pick this week and it didn't work out, you know, that isn't going to happen every week. Like, Maverick picks do come off. Sally doors. Sally doors, guys. Don't get distracted. <laughs> so, quick review of the mini league, and we've got to give a shout out to our new leader, <laughs> uh, Drop Meat Not Bombs, who pushed uh, Fields of Cascella, uh, which I've found, since found out is a small sort of suburb not that far away from. Uh, Helsinki. That's great research. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've, I was Googling Cascella player, so uh, <laughs> you've done far better than I have. Uh, yeah, so he's been pushed into second. I mean, I will just say that I think he was quite unlucky because he had Christensen, yeah. who's played every minute for Chelsea so far this season. Yeah, he looked nailed. Um, and then got kind of inexplicably dropped to the bench by Tuchel. And he also had Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who was injured, and so you know, obviously didn't play, but you could kind of forgive Fields of Cascella for thinking that Dominic Cavalloon was going to play because Rafa was really cryptic with his comments. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he really didn't make it clear that, that Dominic Cavalloon was injured, which was really frustrating. And the other person I was going to mention for being unlucky this week was Calderas de Arena uh, FC, which isn't someone from overseas, I don't think, despite the name. Because I think they're a City fan, <laughs> I noticed on the thing. Um, but they also were unlucky uh, playing Christensen, um, who, as I said, played all minutes for Chelsea so far, so it was a real shock that he was dropped. But it meant for him that Tanganga came in as a sub. Oh, wow, that's pain. <laughs> who got minus three. That's the kind of... That, you delete you delete your account after that, don't you? That's just, I, I hate it when that happens. That's so unlucky. And it's, yeah. it's even worse because Tanganga had like a good fixture against Palace. Like You would think, maybe I might start Tanganga in that game. Yeah. So, yeah, that was super unlucky. That's, that's, that's harsh. You're third, though, Tom, which shouldn't... And not by much. So, you know, there's, it's it's getting tasty at the top, I'd say. Although I'm, you know, sitting pretty for now, I don't think it'll be for that much longer. The one thing I would say, though, is I'm not sure if this is because I told everyone at work that I was wildcarding or if there was just wildcard fever going around the whole FPL community. But when I looked, it, it's almost exactly 50% of my workplace have triggered an early wildcard. Whereas in the knee jerks, almost the opposite, the antithesis of what we stand for We'd only have, I think, three three wild cards across the whole whole league, yeah. which really surprised me. I think I, I felt like I, I really was convinced that there were going to be more than that. Uh, so well done, pats on the back all round for those who managed to keep those in the pocket. Yeah, it'll probably make it quite an interesting league going forward if a few people, such as yourself, have now got this new setup with three premiums, which we're kind of touting as possibly like the best new template to have. Um, but if quite a few other people in the league, like me, have kind of stuck to the two... I think I'm going to rigidly stick to the two premiums because I've never really... I've never gone for three yeah. when I, whenever I've played. and I, I, So maybe too I'm rest- just a, like s- stuck in my old ways. It's just too restrictive, isn't it? I, c- I can understand that. I think, was it game week seven where there's another international break? Yeah. Which is where I think a lot of people are looking ahead to. I'd be interested to see how many... Uh, managed to hold on till then yeah. because if, if we have another week of Ronaldo and Lukaku 
and get, getting some points. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks to hold hold on to those knees, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So that just leaves us with the quiz. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so score of what is it? Eighty percent. Yeah. Four, yeah. Four out of five. Okay. To yeah. beat, and you've made it a little bit harder because rightfully so. I went from nothing to everything last week. <laughs> uh, how's this shaping up? Um, so the first question is quite specific about one game. So it's about the Everton and Burnley game. I thought you might be interested to see if you can find, see if you can guess who. Uh, so which player recorded the most shots in that game? So was it Gray, Decore, Townsend, or the striker Richarlison? Oh, I'm going to. I saw Decore got two assists, didn't he? Gray and Townsend. Townsend obviously had that cracking goal. I'm going to go with. Townsend. Oh, oh. <laughs> poor start. Um, so I did feel like it might have been, it might have sounded like a bit of a trick question, because, you know, I think there is a lot of talk about Townsend and Decore mm. as possible options because Decore is significantly cheaper. You know, Townsend I think got slightly higher points return this week than mm. Gray. So, you know, I think people are like weighing up which one of them they really want, and the re- the, the correct answer is Gray. Okay. Uh, so we had the most shots. And I think it's interesting because there's a stat going round from people who don't have him. And it's the stat is that he's scored three goals from three shots on target so far this season. So everyone's saying, oh, it's unsustainable. He's obviously going to drop off at some point. What I think might be happening is that when a bandwagon starts, you always get people who are hesitant to jump on the bandwagon. Because it wouldn't be a bandwagon if everyone already knew that they were great. Yeah, They'd course. already be in the team, right? Yeah. So there's always a lot of hesitancy. And people kind of think, look for these like reasons to not jump on. Mm. And often, you know, if you don't jump on early enough, it can be a real like source of pain throughout the season if that player then shoots up to like 7 million or something and becomes like a really uh, good player. And I think that stat is kind of masking the bandwagon that Gray might be starting to to become because whilst he has only had three shots on target this season you know in the Everton game I think he had like six shots in total right which was the most of any player yeah so he he's he's clearly like you know like you mentioned right at the start getting into loads of dangerous positions and it's not just a kind of lucky streak I think he is genuinely looking like one of the main like um, goal scorers for Everton Remind me next week when uh, Ronaldo hauls again against West Ham to play you that your rant just there about people justifying not <laughs> jumping on bandwagons. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I think you know there's a bit of club bias in there, and um, probably just a bit of simple contrarianism. Uh, maybe. Yeah, we we'll um, say we we'll say you might be right, Tom. Because when there's so much hype. You know, there's always a. I mean, you, you must be similar, right? When there's so much hype, there's always a bit that goes, "Oh, I hope that hype doesn't yeah, work." Yeah, I, do, I don't want it to be true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it's Ronaldo, Tom. <laughs> so, question two. Here we go. Uh, which team has the highest expected goals so far this season? So, you know, we're talking about uh, quality chances. They've, they've created the most quality chances and chances that they were expected to score. Is it City? Liverpool, United, or Chelsea? You are you're pitching these multiple choices options perfectly because it is giving me a bit of a tough time. Going to go United. It isn't. Oh. Um. So it's Liverpool. No. Okay. Yeah. Who who've um who are posting expected goals of eleven point two, just edging above City who are on eleven point one. Wow. Um. And then there's a big drop down where you have to go past Wolves and West Ham, who are on 7.5, then go past Everton, who are on 6.8, before you get to United on 6 and Chelsea on 5.9. So, like, Liverpool and City are posting, like, expected goals levels that are almost double United and Chelsea. Yeah. Um, And the reason, one of the reasons it's obviously interesting from a fantasy perspective is when we're looking at captain choices, you know, Salah and, and maybe if he can call a, a certain starter for, for, for in the City team probably are just playing for much more attacking sides Yeah, and it shouldn't shock us that much when we think about the last few seasons when it's just been City and Liverpool in the top two yeah. for, for so long and so yeah I thought that was worth like highlighting and 
uh, perhaps a good bit of support for Salah captain, maybe yeah, swaying you back. Yeah, yeah. I think I just expected United to be far, far higher. They've scored quite a lot. They must be severely outperforming their XG. Yeah, I think if you look at some of the chances, like Bruno's, for example, against um, Newcastle this week was just like from outside the box, wonder yeah. goal, right? Um, I think all of the goals that he scored in his hat-trick against Leeds were from difficult chances as well. Right, okay. They're kind of like the antithesis of City, whereby City needs loads of really good chances to score a goal. Right. Um, so, like, you know, the Leicester game, for example, looked like it was a tight game. But in actuality, like, City dominated the amount of chances that were created in that game by mm. about 20 to 3 or something. Yeah. And, yeah, United are just more clinical. So we've also got uh, two, like, a top two for shots in the box conceded that's changed this week and the reason I mention this right now is that the top two for shots in the box conceded which is a really good metric for understanding who's defending really badly at the moment are Leicester and Leeds now they've both been pushed up to the top of the poor defences table because they've both just played City and Liverpool Right. Um, so obviously Leicester lost to City this weekend and Leeds lost to Liverpool and that's meant that they've both been bumped right up to the okay. top of the worst defences table on the back of that so Again, just more evidence that City and Liverpool are probably the best attacking sides at the moment and um, and perhaps means that we should be thinking of them a bit more when we consider Absolutely. Uh, captaincy. So, question three. Um, which of the teams facing this week's main captain choices has conceded the highest number of shots inside the box? So, I've just mentioned that uh, Leicester and Leeds are topping that table at the moment, having just lost against... Liverpool and um, and City respectively, but neither of them face one of the top teams uh, for the captaincy choice this week. So out of these four teams, which have conceded the highest number of shots in the box? Southampton, Tottenham, Palace or West Ham? Yes. Obviously Spurs. <laughs> it is Spurs. Yes! Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I thought if I said it with enough conviction, you might even change the answer, so I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Were you really that confident in the answer? No, absolutely not. No, I mean, cool. please tell me why. Well, in the last like couple of questions, I've kind of been gearing you back towards a Salah captain, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but this might be a, a bit of information that will make you feel more comfortable about your choice of Lukaku, perhaps. Because, um, yeah, Spurs have conceded 43 shots inside the box. Um, Southampton are the second in that list, which is 34, then West Ham, 29, and then Palace, 25. Wow. So, you know, going back to that point we made earlier about how Palace might not get battered, um, you know, I still think they're going to be comfortably beaten by Liverpool, given everything we've just said about Liverpool's attack. But, you know, they, they look like they're not going to get... Uh, they're not going to be whipping boys. Uh, whereas Spurs... You know, last week, I was bigging up Lloris, right? And that was because he's made more saves yeah, than anyone saying, else. Yeah. Um, so I kind of misinterpreted that stat, right? I was thinking that you know Spurs were keeping these clean sheets, and yet Lloris was also uh, making saves. Whereas the truth of that stat is probably just that Lloris has been keeping them in it, and they've yeah, actually yeah. been defending really badly, wow. and that they finally got kind of caught out. So yeah, we've already mentioned how they're going to be quite depleted against Chelsea, and they weren't even defending very well in the games where they did have a bunch of defenders available. So yeah, uh, there is definitely a case for Lukaku this week, I think. So, question four. After Torres, so Torres is the main attacker for City, as we all know at the moment, but which other City player has had the highest number of shots inside the box? Is it Gundogan, Cancelo, Laporte or Diaz? Wow, that's a, that's a range, isn't it? I'm going to go Cancelo. It's close, but it's not. It's Laporte. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's really working his way back into the team, isn't he? Yeah, so that's that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to flag him as a bit of an option. So he's proving to be like a serious threat from set pieces. Only Van Dijk has had a higher number of attempts on goal so far out of all the defenders who've played this season. So I don't think Stones is going to get back in the side anytime soon. Um, a new deal, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of games. Like, yes. we're, we're probably going to see Stones play in the Champions League this week, for example. But I can't see him shifting Laporte out of the first team. And Laporte's only 5.6. Uh, he's in the league's tightest defence at the moment. So City have only conceded 21 shots, both off and on target. 
uh, only two of them were considered big chances. Um, so if you compare that with Liverpool, who've conceded 38 shots and three big chances, Chelsea have conceded 52 wow. uh, shots and six big chances. So lots of people are looking to get a Chelsea defender when their like, fixtures turn in game week seven. Yeah, yeah. But the run that City have from game week eight onwards is also good, and they look like, on paper, they're a, a better defence. And Cancelo, Diaz and Laporte have all delivered attacking returns already so far this season, so they've got that uh, in the bag as well. So, yeah, maybe a City defender is something that people can look at. That's cracking. How much is Laporte, do you know? 5.6. Okay. So, you know. Stone's, Stone's sort of range, isn't it? Yeah, but considering, like, he could be the Van Dijk figure for City this season if he does become like you know continue this form and, and nail that place which wouldn't surprise too many people considering you know he was City's like main defender a couple of seasons ago that everything was built around uh, and he's a million cheaper than Van Dijk so yeah he, he could be a decent option uh, so final question so this will take you to t- so you need to get this one to get, like to get to, any form of love <laughs> yeah to, fit, to sleep tonight, basically, <laughs> yeah. to feel good about myself. Um, of all the mid-priced mids, we love those mid-mids. So the way I'm defining this is all the midfielders that are under 8 million. Uh, which of them has the highest expected goal involvement so far this season? So that's not just expected goals, but expected, expected consi- assists as well, like combined. Um, is it Torres, Jota, Traore or Gallagher? Um, it's got to be Yotta. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking, Tom hasn't mentioned Tierney or Yotta yet this, <laughs> yeah. uh, this pod. And uh, if Tierney was on there, I would have gone for him. But uh, go on, who yeah, is Yeah, I was going to um, pretend that one of the options was Tierney in one of these quiz <laughs> questions as a joke. But yeah, it's Gallagher, it's your boy. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he's just everywhere. I thought it'd be a good note to end the pod on as well, because last last week... We sort of ended on the really positive note about Jimenez and how that could be a fairy tale story of uh, someone coming back from a horrendous injury and um, maybe becoming a bit of a uh, an FPL legend again. Um, and this week, you know, young Gall- young Conor Gallagher, yeah. um, I think he's really breaking out. You know, you've already mentioned that he's on all the set pieces. We've already kind of bigged him up as being someone who might even pop up with goals in, in tough fixtures. Um, but after they get this Liverpool game out of the way. Um, they then go on a run where they have Brighton, Leicester, Arsenal and Newcastle in the next four. Now, that, at the beginning of the season, <laughs> might have sounded like a pretty tricky run for them. Yeah, yeah. But now, like, we've just seen how Leicester are top of the table for big chances conceded. Like, they're, they're, they're right up there for um, not being very good defensively. So you could definitely see Palace maybe getting a goal against them. Arsenal, again right up there for bad defences this season which you might not have thought at the beginning of the season Uh, and then obviously Newcastle so like you said before he's only 5.5 he might have gone up now to 5.6 or 7 but he's a great option isn't he? really is yeah yeah totally agree with you and if he scores or if he gets any return versus Liverpool people are only going to be looking at him more aren't they? Yeah, it's it's like you say. It's, it's not. It's the opposition that you get the points against as well. That really, you get the really big kudos for. Well, this won't be the last time we speak about him on this pod. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think so. So only one out of five this week, Robbie. Sorry about that. That's fine. That's fine. I needed to, with with the four out of five last week and topping the league, I needed something to bring me <laughs> yeah, back down to earth. I think that was my devious plan. Yeah. <laughs> and man, did it work, Tom. Uh, <laughs> It was it was good, perfectly poised, just didn't do very well. So, final thought is that Salah or Lukaku? Who have I managed to sway you either way? I th- I think I'm on Lukaku. Oh wow! I don't think it's and I don't think it's going to move now. I don't. There's something about the Palace fixture, which history aside, you know, Mane does. Mane usually before. Oh, no, history aside, I think. I just like the idea of a weak Spurs side versus a very on-form Lukaku. Yeah. You know what I really like about the new template, if it does become a new template, is that we've got serious conversations around captaincy every week. Yes, yeah, that's very true. Um, like, I don't think you could go wrong picking any of the three uh, that we've mentioned as big hitters, mm. like Ronaldo, Lukaku or Salah. Like, I, I can see them all returning. Um, it's just whether you catch the one that 
gets the biggest return. And I think it, it, it's so important. I think I've got it, if not correct, at least close. And that's done wonders for my rank. Yeah. I know, yeah. I mean, one of the other things that I was going to mention as a seriously unlucky move uh, in the Knee Jerks League was, I think it's one size fits all, who captained Kane. And it, like, in a week where all the other big hitters, like Salah, even Bruno, delivered with a goal. Um, obviously, Lukaku and Ronaldo got big holes. Kane is the only other player in that bracket, really, that yeah. starts and, and, and is considered in, in you know to be that... You know, he, he was joint top scorer in the game last season, right? Mm. So, yeah, against Palace, he didn't even have a shot. That's the first time ever, I think, I, yeah. I read as well. First time Kane's not had a shot in a game. Yeah, he's completely started. isolated without nice. Son. Yeah, so... Yeah, not looking too good for, for old Harry. Um, but yeah, uh, going to be interesting to see who people captain and whether there's any wild cards flying around. Um, but yeah, good night from me. Good night from him. <laughs>